You're listening to RNCN, the number one source for premium talk radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk More podcast series. This is Debbie Georgiatis. I'm the host of America Can We Talk on 660 AM The Answer in North Texas, Sunday evenings, 6 to 8 PM Central Time, available online anywhere in the world on americacanwetalk.org. I started this Monday podcast series in part because my show is only two hours a week on Sunday evenings, and sometimes there are just really important stories I can't get to, and I want, I want another way to talk to you, the voters, the American people. And you know, the show, my radio show, is just dedicated to the idea that every generation has the job of preserving America. And in, right now, in our generation, our job is to understand what's at stake in America in this election cycle, and what the different people who are fighting for the presidential, um, you know, to win the presidency stand for. So tonight I want to turn, or today I want to turn and talk about the Democrat National Convention. And I am, uh, the Democrat Convention ended this past week. It was a uh, raucous convention to say the least. But I want to focus on Hillary Clinton. And I'm going to say before I go any further, I will, I have the same standard I apply to Democrats and Republicans, which is, I want policies, ideas, life stories, whatever it is about the people. I want to know, will these people perpetuate American-style liberty? Will they perpetuate the ideas that made America great, or will they undermine them? Well, I want to say, before I go into what I want to talk about, about Hillary Clinton, I was going to just say, I, so I watched the convention, and you know that feeling you have sometimes when you go into a movie theater? Like, I get this feeling at Jason Bourne movies. I love Jason Bourne movies. I love the Mission Impossible ones. And you get that feeling when you walk into one of those movies and you're watching in a theater. They use the expression, you suspend your disbelief. It's like you become, the story becomes real. You can't wait to see what happens. You're worried about the characters. You're drawn in to this myth that is a fabulous movie because you're watching it. But you leave the theater and slowly you walk out and say, oh, yeah. It's still summer in Dallas. It's still really hot. I still haven't finished this one project. It's like reality sets back in and you remind yourself, or you are reminded, there really is no Jason Bourne. There really is no impossible, impossible mission foundation. There's simply real life. So back to the Democrat convention, you may have heard that Bill Clinton gave a speech about Hillary. It was, you know, widely anticipated. And I just want to touch on some things that he said and didn't say. But he started with this idea that he said, at, or actually was toward the end, he said, you know, what I've described to you tonight is the real Hillary. This is the real Hillary. And what you hear from the other side, that's the not real history. That's not true. So he painted a picture of Hillary as someone who has been a fighter for the downtrodden throughout her life, who is just a driven person to help the, the poor, help the needy, just help people who need help in life, and that she has just been a driven to help others kind of person since day one. And, you know, he also started out in this um, 
as he gave his speech, I believe his first line was, years ago, I met a girl or something like that. And then he launched off on talking about Hillary. Well, I want to talk just about who Hillary really is, because this is the this is the argument that Democrats are setting up is they're telling you the real Hillary. So please ignore everything you're hearing in the media or from conservatives about Hillary. So I'm going to share some things with you. I want to talk about this because it you know you're choosing someone who will run our country for the next four years. But I want to start with just something Hillary Clinton has said, and she is, this is a meme I can see is going to be used throughout this campaign cycle. Hillary talked this week about the idea that there is a Hillary standard in media. Essentially, what she was saying is that when she, Hillary, does things that are maybe not perfect, does things that are maybe wrong, that her slightest wrongdoings are exaggerated, and that she is criticized just profoundly unfairly in her worldview because because she had there's this Hillary standard applied to her. Let's give you one example of what she said in that um, in that um, statement uh, about the um, about herself and how this Hillary standard works. She talked about the idea that she was complaining about how the American public and how the de- the Republicans had characterized her. Um, the email scandal. You know, uh, FBI uh, Director Comey came out and essentially said Hillary lied. She misled people. She was extremely careless, but no charges. And so she, in, in talking about that, in which her emails actually, with her plan of having an email server at home, unprotected by anything, clearly hacked by anyone who wanted to hack it, and she said in this interview, this is really important how she tries to characterize it. This is a, this is a window into how Hillary operates. She said she's being interviewed by 60 Minutes' Scott Pelley. She has her running mate, Tim Kaine, with her, and she said, I've said I blew it. I made a mistake. I should have had two accounts, one for personal and one for office, and I didn't, and I take responsibility for that. She's trying to cast this entire email thing as just a mistake and not keeping her personal emails separate from her office emails. As though that is the scandal, that is the crisis, that is a problem. And this is one of the ways in the countless, countless scandals that have plagued Hillary Clinton's 30 plus years in public life, countless examples of where she takes what is a really serious issue spins it into a, oh, come on, so I forgot to tie my shoes kind of, kind of depiction of it. And then she's immediately casting herself as a victim. She's a victim here. She's a victim of the Hillary standard. And then almost immediately, the Hillary supporters in the media, in fact, this time is going to be Tim Kaine, her running mate for president, as well as the willing mainstream media who repeats everything she says, they get to the standard of okay, it's time to move on. We have to move on from this. Hillary's told us, I made a mistake. I'm sorry, I messed up. This is how Hillary Clinton has operated for decades. This obfuscate, misstate, mischaracterize, make light of, and I'm a victim and I'm being picked on. And then spinning from that to this is an example of how mean-spirited the Republicans are. They are so mean-spirited. She also commented, I think it was in the same interview, she characterized the um, Republican convention. She actually, backing up for a second, she talked about the Hillary standard. It's a concerted effort 
of perpetuating lies about her that are unfounded, inaccurate, mean-spirited attacks with no basis in truth. And the reason I'm telling you this, it's so important to watch how Hillary uses this tactic over and over and over and over in her life and has done so since she's been in the public eye. This is her saying she, she is right about the Hillary standard in some ways. And how she's right is what she's saying is nothing, no rules, no regulations, no standards of conduct, no ethics and no morals apply to me. Everything I do has to be okay because I said so. And the media and her husband and the people in the, uh, the Democrat world just give her the space because they don't want to be the one criticizing her. So in this particular case, in the case of the emails that she was making reference to, she talks about her conduct in putting at risk national security secrets by keeping them on a home-brewed email server as, okay, I should have had two separate email accounts, one personal and, and one for work, as though that's what the problem was. And just in case you've forgotten what the real problem was in that case, you could do a he said, she said show just about the level to which Hillary lied, obfuscated, and pushed away blame, pointed fingers on the email thing, and even after FBI Director Comey came out and said, no, actually what she said isn't true, it still doesn't matter to her. There's never an admission of the real problem. There's never an admission of what actually happened. In Hillary's particular case, she said there were no secret, no confidential, no top secret emails in anything. I never put top secret information or top secret emails on the public server that I had in my home. And he said... FBI Director Comey, no, there were classified, there were top secret, there were things classified above top secret, there were secret emails in the, in the group of emails that Hillary actually turned over to the State Department that the FBI looked into. And on top of that, there were 2,000 other emails, and those are the ones just classified as confidential, secret, top secret, above top secret. There were, in addition, 2,000 other emails that didn't get the label on them, but they still, they, when they were reviewed later, they were up-classified, they contained confidential information. And what she's telling you is, I want to be your commander-in-chief. I will have access to every single solitary secret that exists relating to American security, and nothing I did in endangering American assets, American secrets should be considered by you because I've already told you that I made a mistake. I should have had a separate account. I'm over it. And everybody else has to be over it and move on. Unlike other people in the United States government who had one or two emails that they forwarded to someone that were, they were not permitted to forward to who were either kicked out of the military, who were punished in some other way, who lost their security clearance. Hillary Clinton is trying to, this whole standard she's trying to set up for herself, the Hillary standard is a big fat myth. And it's important you understand that because this is how she operates on all the scandals I'm going to share with you in the next, um, the next segment. So come back and we're going to talk about the scandals that you may not understand. I will give you a quick summary of a whole lot of them. Don't go away.
RNCN, the digital destination for premium talk radio. In recent months, some have lost faith and trust in those who protect us. Frustration has blurred our vision, but we've faced challenges before. Operation Blue Shield is a new movement to help communities have productive conversations directly with law enforcement and first responders to listen and heal. I'm all in. I'm all in. We're We're all in. Stand united with us at OperationBlueShield.com. This time, it's for all of us. The world of real estate moves fast and technology needs to be able to keep up with it. If agents and home buyers aren't able to communicate in real time, opportunities can swiftly be missed. With Locator, the communication gap has finally been bridged. Hi, I'm David Mays, co-founder of Locator. I've been a real estate broker for the past 10 years and came from the frustration of buyers not being able to reach agents instantaneously. So that's what we created on demand. Potential buyers now have the ability to immediately connect with a nearby agent, making the home buying process quick, easy, and convenient. Locator is free to download. Just grab your smartphone, open the app, see available agents in your area, and connect instantaneously. Real Locator is also the perfect tool for any real estate professional. For real estate professionals, it's a lead generating monster because you know you could be at the office doing paperwork and you're gonna be able to generate these leads in real time. Download your free version of Real Locator on the Apple iTunes Store today or visit the website at www.reallocator.com. What if you got rewarded for every good decision? What if your heart had a special way of letting you know it appreciates your healthy choices? I've got to get my family to eat more vegetables. Amazing! And instead of cooking with butter tonight, I think I'll saute our veggies with a heart-healthy oil. You're a genius! So really, would your food choices pay off in heart health? Did you know that when you replace bad fats with healthier fats, like those in canola or other vegetable oils, it can lower bad cholesterol levels, and that's good for your heart. Here's a winning idea. Take up the challenge for good health, because the you of the future will say, Fantastic! Learn more at heart.org slash face the fats. Canola Info proudly supports the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. Hi, this is Andrew Sabo, Vice President of Symphion. I'm responsible for the marketing for Symphion's Information as a Service. We have a particular focus on hospitals and healthcare organizations because they are particularly vulnerable to cyber security risks. The average patient record is worth $363 on the black market. Symphion's Information as a Service gathers intelligence on your print fleet or your Windows-based devices in such a way they can identify and audit the security settings of each device. We're able to deliver that information in a concierge style to the appropriate parties so they can take their cybersecurity plan to a whole nother level. For more information, give us a call today at 214-522-4000 or visit us on the web at Symphion.com. That's S-Y-M-P-H-I-O-N.com. Symphion, the unparalleled value of innovation in action. 
Today, nearly half our nation's fighting forces are members of the Guard and Reserve. When they are called to active duty, they leave behind a family, a community, and a job. Employer support of the Guard and Reserve, a Department of Defense agency, honors and protects the bond between service members and their civilian employers. Whether serving our country or supporting those who do, we all serve. To learn more about ESGR, call 1-800-336-4590 or visit esgr.mil. And welcome back to our podcast series, Let's Talk More. This is our Monday after Sunday show. This is Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk. And this Monday's podcast, we're talking about the Democrat National Convention that just ended, and particularly the picture that was painted over four days of Hillary Clinton. And if you listen to my radio show, America Can We Talk, you know that I apply the same standard to all politicians and candidates, left or right, because I really am all about preserving America. And I see Hillary Clinton as an astoundingly alarming choice for president. And, uh, and as you may know, if you listen to the show, I'm not, I have not been a big fan of Donald Trump. But I think when we're done talking today about Hillary Clinton, and I will do another podcast about Donald Trump. And But on this one, I want to talk about the picture painted of Hillary at the convention and how it does or does not comport with reality. And the reason I'm so determined to do this is I think that over the last several decades, the Clintons have managed to come through more scandals more uh, lies, deception, more misleading of the American public than is almost comprehensible to imagine. And I think a lot of our, I know a lot of our voters by this time in the year 2016 when people can vote, there are people voting who were not even around when the Clintons or certainly not aware of anything about the Clintons during Bill Clinton's presidency. And so I'm going to talk about just a touch on some of the scandals Hillary's involved in not just to give a litany of complaints about her, but what they say about her character. So the Clintons were married in 1975. We're going to talk in the next segment about Bill Clinton's portrayal of his marriage to Hillary. But he was president from 1992 to 2000. And the first and several of these scandals Hillary was knee deep in or neck deep in occurred during Bill Clinton's presidency. So, and the reason these matter, it's like, the difference you would feel if you found, knew someone and then found out later, wow, I didn't know that they used to be, you know, I didn't used to, they had a criminal record. I didn't know this about them. It's important we know who this person is and what her character is. So I'm going to just start with some of the scandals. The FBI file gate. They called a file gate FBI files. The Clinton duo, the Clintons in Washington. Again, Bill Clinton was president 1992 to 2000. They were involved in a scandal which came to be called Filegate, in which they illegally obtained FBI files on a whole host of people who they perceived or viewed to be their adversaries, most of whom had served in previous Republican administrations. And so this was, as an example, an effort to discredit the women who charged Bill Clinton with sexual misconduct. Um, they actually talked, a court found under the Privacy Act that the privacy of Linda Tripp and Kathleen Willey had been violated by the Clintons getting a hold of FBI files. And they also had, they, they had, 
they had collected, like physically transported. This is before the electronic era. This is physically transporting FBI files, 900 plus of them from the FBI to the White House. And in this investigation of the Clinton's Travelgate caper, the committee found that the FBI files had been improperly accessed by Craig Livingstone, who was hired by Hillary Clinton. His previous luster, you know, illustrious career was as a former bar bouncer. She had hired him. He brought those files to the White House. She hired him to work in the White House Counsel's office. And those files of all these perceived enemies of the Clintons were brought to the F- to the White House. It was investigated by the House Government Reform and Oversight Committee. It, they were you know, criticized for it. But this is the other point I want you to take away is this. Number one, this is the malicious streak in Bill and Hillary Clinton. You don't cross us. The average people they saw as were embarrassing them or in any way undermining their public image, in any way challenging them, they got a hold of the FBI files So it's this nasty streak. And the other lesson from this particular scandal, this is one of the many where you realize no laws apply to Hillary and Bill Clinton. There was never any acknowledgement of, yes, we did seek out to get those files of people who were were mad at. Never an acknowledgement. They just stonewall. They don't answer. And then they're pretty soon their little servants in the mainstream media come out and say, okay, they've admitted it. They had the files. She misses... Clinton referred to this as a bureaucratic snafu. Okay, folks, bureaucratic snafu cannot account for 900 plus FBI files sitting physically in the White House of people the Clintons viewed as enemies. This is another another string or another theme of the Clintons is they never take accountability. And before you know it, their, their willing allies in the media are saying, can we just move on? Let's move on. No resolution, no public acknowledgement, Nothing. It just goes away because Hillary says it has to. We mentioned in the last segment the email scandal. And, you know, I talked about the email scandal because, in part, this is what Hillary, it's a great example of how Hillary operates. She says that the, you know, there's a, a Hillary standard. She's held to a higher standard. But then she mischaracterizes what it is she did wrong. Instead of saying, yes, I endangered national security secrets because I selfishly wanted to have it at my own private computer server at home, email server, I didn't want to comply with what I knew I was supposed to do. Instead, she says, oh, yeah, I should have had two separate emails as though that was the problem. The email thing, by the way, has been characterized by numerous people as something that she should have gone to prison for. But after all, this is Hillary, so there is no accountability. I'm going to give you another example of the the Clinton scandals over the years involving Hillary Clinton directly. Another one was called Travelgate. Travelgate was essentially when Bill Clinton became the president, he and Hillary wanted to have their own friends, including Bill's 25-year-old cousin, become head up the White House travel office. So they not only fired the travel office people in Washington, which I guess, you know, if you take over, it's your government, you're allowed to say we're going to bring new people in. But they didn't just fire, they didn't just, you know, ask to leave or ask to resign, let these people leave. They actually fired the former head of the travel office, Billy Dale, fired and had him charged with embezzlement. I mean, they accused him of a crime just to get rid of him. There was no crime there. He was found not guilty of the crime in 1995, but the travel gate was another instance what it shows you about the character of Hillary Clinton. 
This was Hillary. In fact, Hillary reportedly had the FBI investigate this guy, Billy Dale, trump up charges against him, have him accused. And then, of course, he he was also audited by the IRS, which leads me to another example I want to get to. The Clinton record of having IRS investigations of people they didn't like was legendary. During the Clinton administration, political enemies of the Clintons, whether they are think tanks or individuals, the investigations by the IRS of the uh, Clinton opponents were simply, it was staggering. I mean, just, just, you know, the IRS is obviously widely viewed as the agency that everybody fears and you don't want to have an investigation yourself. Let me part of that. But the FBI investigated numerous of the um, Clinton, um, uh, the uh, numerous of Clinton opponents, and clearly this is because Bill Clinton is in charge of it, and that's what he wants to do. So he sticks the IRS and his friends. And just so you, th- if you think I'm making this up, a 1996 survey by the Washington Times could not identify one single liberal public policy organization that was audited during the entire eight years of the Clinton administration, unlike all of the conservative organizations who were audited. Heritage Foundation, the National Rifle Association, Concerned Women of America, Citizens Against Government Waste, National Review. I'm going to waste my whole time on this podcast if I have to read all the names to you. I mean, the actual, actual weaponizing of the IRS was not new to the Democrats. We know that President Obama did that, but President Clinton, with Hillary in the middle of it all, did that too. I want to mention two other ones that, you know, people, young people hear about the white, the Whitewater, and if you weren't around at the time of Whitewater, it got to be a very complex uh, investigation. And for time, purposes of time, I'm not going to go into it today, except to say the FBI, the Whitewater investigation led by an independent counsel, Kenneth Starr, started in 1994 that involved accusations of impropriety against the Clintons and others concerning improper campaign contributions, political and financial favors, and tax benefits. Even though the Clintons somehow escaped all this accusation investigation, Clinton friends went to jail for fraud. James and Susan McDougall, former Arkansas Governor Jim Tucker, Two municipal judges, David Hale and Eugene Fitzhugh. There was a lot of dirt there, but somehow the dirt never hits Hillary. Another example, and this is the kind of stuff, these people have a history, a legendary history of corruption. One other one, I'm going to have to continue these after the break, but I want the reason I'm going through these is this. The Clintons are trying to paint the picture that this is a mean-spirited effort by the Donald Trump and the GOP um, campaign in 2016 to paint her as somehow just corrupt and mean and and corrupt and nasty. And she's trying to paint the picture that she's she's an innocent victim. She's just being vilified for no reason. And these stories, I'm telling you, there are dozens more. I'm going to come back after the break. The last one I'll throw in just in the next 30 seconds is this. Hillary Clinton, just remember the expression, sniper fire. We'll talk about that more after the break. Hillary Clinton's sniper fire scandal is alone by itself, character revealing beyond description. Listening to RNCN, the number one source for premium talk radio. 
Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safer on pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. Something that every business owner relies on is good advice. And that's where SCORE can help. SCORE is a nonprofit organization where we provide free business consulting services to people who want to start a business. For nearly 50 years, SCORE mentors have been helping businesses realize their dreams. What's even better than dreams is making a dream come true. Volunteer your expertise. You've got it. Share it. Volunteer your expertise today at SCORE.org. Hi, this is Jean Burke with College Prep Genius. Colleges go up on their rankings because of test scores. When your student has a great score, they can get free college. I am giving away my 15 secrets to free college. Go to my website, collegeprepgenius.com. Click on 15 secrets to free college and use the code radio. You're going to learn the secret formula that colleges use to get you free college. So again, that's www.collegeprepgenius.com. In recent months, some have lost faith and trust in those who protect us. Frustration has blurred our vision, but we've faced challenges before. Operation Blue Shield is a new movement to help communities have productive conversations directly with law enforcement and first responders to listen and heal. I'm all in. I'm all in. We're all in. Stand united with us at OperationBlueShield.com. This time, it's for all of us. Hi, I'm Danny O'Connell. I'm partner at Benefit Resource Group, a family-owned boutique insurance agency. BRG is one of the leading boutique agencies here in Dallas-Fort Worth. Our mission is to add value to our clients' and employees' lives through creative insurance solutions. When you start going upstream to a regional or even a national-type provider, the decisions over who they're going to work with and where they're going to place their business is decided around a boardroom. A lot of times, they're not always aligning with the best service provider in the space that you actually need. Numerous times they've already made an agreement and that service provider may take for granted the service that they actually have to deliver to the client in the end and they may not always be the best in your area or for your situation. Being a boutique, we are independent. We have the flexibility to go out and find the right solution specific to you. It's always a good time to sit down and speak with one of our agents. You can reach us at 214-750-7557 and you can find us on the web at brg-tx.com. I'm a third grade teacher. I'm a school bus driver. I am a parent. I am a teacher's aide. And I agree to be identified as a caring adult who pledges to help bullied students. I will listen carefully to all students who seek my help. And act on their behalf. To put an immediate stop to bullying. I will work with other caring adults to create a safe learning environment for all the students in my school. In my school. In my school. In my school. I'm Dennis Van Roekel, president of the National Education Association. Help us create safe, bully-free learning environments for all students. One caring adult can make all the difference. Be that adult and take the pledge at nea.org slash bullyfree. Adults have the power to stop bullying in our schools. It starts with me. It starts with me. It starts with me. It starts with me. Bully-free. It starts with me. Visit nea.org slash bullyfree. A message from the National Education Association. Can you 
welcome back to the Let's Talk More podcast. This is Debbie Georgiatis with America Can We Talk. You know, I was thinking about people who listen, if this is the first podcast you've heard, it may sound like this is just an attack piece on Hillary Clinton. And, you know, I just want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, I would love for there to be a woman president in America. I am a lawyer by my, by, you know, on my, I'm a lawyer in my life. I am grateful that America works very hard to have women have access to education, to careers. I think it'd be fabulous to have a woman president someday. But as my hashtag that's, that's moving along on Twitter, just not this woman, just not this woman. So I'm Debbie Georgiatis. My actually, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at Debbie Can We Talk, D-E-B-B-I-E, at Debbie Can We Talk. And we're talking about Hillary Clinton. And the reason I'm taking the time to go through this is what you will hear in this campaign season of 2016 over and over and over is the Hillary Clinton game plan, which has succeeded for decades in her life from causing her to never be responsible for her conduct, to never have never have to be honest with the American people, to never have to say what really happened. She just lies. She obfuscates. She mischaracterizes what the scandal is all about. And then, as everyone's saying, no, that's not what it is. It's this. She is, she's painting herself as a victim. I'm being picked on. She started this victim mode already in this 2016 election cycle, the Hillary standard, claiming she's high to, held to some different standard. And then while you're all trying to explain why it's really serious, she's on with her. Can we please just move on? So the left wing, you know, lie about it, uh, be the victim, blame somebody else, and then say, move on. We've already talked about this. She has succeeded for decades in avoiding any responsibility for her conduct in many serious scandals. So you, if you are a conservative, need to be able to advocate for and respond when people say, oh, they're just picking on Hillary. So I went through some of her scandals before the break. I'm going to do a few more. I mentioned sniper fire right before the break. And many of you probably know that in March of uh, 2008, Hillary Clinton was making a foreign policy speech. Um, and she was recalling a trip to um, Bosnia that she had made in 1996. She said, and you can find the video online, I remember landing under sniper fire. Okay. First of all, the military immediately had a reaction and say, wait a minute, we would not land what she was at time the at that time, the first lady at the time she claimed it happened. We would, you know, we would be, we would be kicked out of the military. We put the first lady's life in danger by landing under sniper fire. Well, I mean, then there was of course lots of video available. And of course there was no sniper fire. She landed perfectly safely, got off, waved to people, talked to a little girl who handed her flowers and a poem she wrote or whatever it was, greeted people. So this is a good example of, you know, Hillary's just, it's it's a delusional level lie. I mean, it's not like the kind of lie where, as I said before, in other other contexts, you just misremembered something. Like if I said I went to the dentist last Tuesday, no wait, wait, it was Wednesday. That's misremembering. But that's the word she used when they said, "You said you landed under sniper fire, but here's the video. You you know you just landed under safety." And she just said, "Oh, I misremembered. Yeah, I misremembered." And then the media goes, okay, she's answered that question. She misremembered. She, I mean, okay, so I'm going to tell you a couple other scandals here just because you have to understand when conservatives say that Hillary is scandal-laden, 
and I can only skim the surface of her life story. And these are none of these are minor matters. There are, there are the law firm billing records. Hillary was a lawyer in Arkansas. She worked uh, for the Rose Law Firm. During the investigation of Watergate, they were um, trying to get Hillary's billing records from her days as a partner in the um, Rose Law Firm during the Watergate scandal. The White House said it didn't have 115 pages of the files. And, and actually, somehow, and I believe it was in 1996, the billing records that were missing from the Rose Law Firm suddenly appeared in an upstairs room in the White House. I, I mean, there's no logical explanation, except for obviously she had them. But these are like everyone else can connect the dots, but Hillary is allowed to get away with, I don't know how they got there. I don't know. And that was the end of it. So the law firm billing records. I want to mention another one that just goes to the core of who Hillary is as just a dishonest player. And again, no one ever, she's not held accountable and no one even puts two and two together in the media. So in 1978 and 1979, so this is obviously she's married to Bill Clinton, but they're not in Washington yet. She made a $1,000 investment in cattle futures. You can trade cattle futures. And and I don't, anyway, some people do that, I guess. Cattle futures trading $1,000. And nine months later, she made nearly a $100,000 profit. So she invested $1,000, made $100,000, and it was because of a highly placed connection at Tyson Foods, which was the largest employer in Arkansas where they lived, and Tyson Foods is also a big Clinton donor. And during Mr. Clinton, President Clinton's tenure as governor, Tyson benefited. Tyson Foods benefited from several state decisions, favorable favorable environmental rulings, um, $9 million in state loans, placement of company executives on key state boards. So Hillary is making a a, a killing and cattle futures $100,000 and there's never any, and obviously it's connected in some way to her knowledge of Tyson Foods, but nothing happens. Move along, move on. Nothing happened. And then I got to tell you, I'm going to do one other one, which has to do with Watergate, but it goes way, way, way back. And this is something early on, the Clinton character being shaped. Hillary is out of law school. She is a first-year lawyer. She's 27 years old. She went to work with the House Judiciary Committee. That House Judiciary Committee was investigating the Watergate scandal in 1974. So she's a lawyer for uh, the Democrats. You know, she's a Democrat. She's a lawyer for the Democrats on the House Judiciary Committee investigating Watergate. And she took such extreme positions, including two things. One was she was arguing that Richard Nixon should have no right to an attorney. Just stop and think about that. No right to an attorney. She also was suspected by her boss of moving files, losing files, or, or mis, misplacing them intentionally, and she, and writing, uh, writing. I don't know if they were briefs or just internal summaries where she's arguing that there was no basis for Richard Nixon to claim he should have an attorney when there was all sorts of law that said, of course, he has a right to an attorney, leading to the fact. Hillary Clinton, age 27, was fired by her supervisor, a lifelong Democrat named Jerry Zeifman, who called her a liar and worse. He said she was an unethical, dishonest lawyer. She conspired to violate the Constitution, the rules of the U.S. House, the rules of the committee, and the rules of confidentiality. 
This is Hillary Clinton getting started in her lifelong scandal mode. And I would be remiss if I don't mention this last issue involving Hillary, which my good friend Lieutenant Colonel Alan West regularly says should be the only issue that matters, and that has to do with Benghazi. And you know, I know a lot of Hillary's critics or Hillary's supporters will say, well, look, it was a terrible thing. She's, you know, everyone agrees it was awful. She didn't mean to, she lost a good friend. The ambassador was her good friend. There's a couple of things about the Benghazi thing that just reek of Hillary's dishonest character. Number one, she, w- she tried and went right along with the effort to lie about what happened in Benghazi to try to claim the uprising was due to a spontaneous objection to some random obscure video that no one had ever seen. But she tried to claim the entire Benghazi uprising was about a video when, because she was trying to hide the fact that she had and others in the, the State Department, others in the White House, they knew that Benghazi was under siege. The American embassy in Benghazi was under siege. They knew it was Islamic terrorists. They knew it was an uprising, and they did nothing. Nothing. They let those four people die. If you haven't seen the movie, 13 Hours, you need to go see that. But the second important lie about Benghazi was after Hillary lied about the cause of it, She actually, days later, when the bodies of these Benghazi American heroes were flown back to America, and she went to the airport to, it was a casket being removed, she's having conversation with the people, the the families who have lost loved ones in this Benghazi killing that Hillary did nothing to fight, nothing to prevent. We'll hit that in a second. But she said to the parents, I'm so sorry. Don't worry. Well, get the guy who made that video. She was, she knew it was a lie when she said it. She knew the night it happened, it was a terrorist attack. She got onto the lie, but she had the level of core evil in her character that looking into the pained eyes of parents who've lost their child, she just lies to cover herself. She didn't have to say anything about why Benghazi happened. She could have just said, we're so sorry for your loss. We're grateful for your service of your young, of your son or your, or your son or your, who, however they were related to these poor young people who lost their lives. But she chose to lie. And this is the character revealing thing about Hillary Clinton. She can't help herself. To her, lying about anything to cover herself is always okay. And this is why she cannot be the commander-in-chief. We come back after the break. I'm going to tell you a little bit more. One last insight in the DNC convention and the real Hillary as Bill Clinton urges us to find who that is. I'm telling you who that is. You're listening to RNCN, the digital destination for premium talk radio. The world of real estate moves fast and technology needs to be able to keep up with it. If agents and home buyers aren't able to communicate in real time, opportunities can swiftly be missed. With Real Locator, the communication gap has finally been bridged. Hi, I'm David Mays, co-founder of Real Locator. I've been a real estate broker for the past 10 years and came from the frustration of buyers not being able to reach agents instantaneously. So that's what we created on demand. Potential buyers now have the ability to immediately connect with a nearby agent, making the home buying process quick, easy, and convenient. Real Locator is free to download. Just grab your smartphone, open the app, see available agents in your area, and connect instantaneously. 
Real Locator is also the perfect tool for any real estate professional. For real estate professionals, it's a lead generating monster because you know you could be at the office doing paperwork and you're going to be able to generate these leads in real time. Download your free version of Real Locator on the Apple iTunes Store today or visit the website at www.reallocator.com. Me, I started smoking when I was 13. I always thought when the time came, I could quit. No problem. Then at 28, I tried to go cold turkey and I found out how hard it really was. I made it all day without a smoke. <laughs> right until I met up with the guys. But I learned something that night. In fact, every time I tried to quit, there were more than a few, I learned a little more about what worked and what didn't work for me. And when I realized that I wasn't alone, that most people don't quit on their first or second attempt, I knew there was still hope. Today, I'm an ex-smoker. My only advice is to never, ever give up trying to quit. If you're trying to quit smoking, the American Lung Association is here to help every step of the way. Visit quitterinyou.org for tools, tips, and stories from smokers we've helped to finally quit for good. The American Lung Association. We support the quitter in you at quitterinyou.org. Hi, this is Andrew Sabo, Vice President of Symphion. I'm responsible for the marketing for Symphion's Information as a Service. We have a particular focus on hospitals and healthcare organizations because they are particularly vulnerable to cyber security risks. The average patient record is worth $363 on the black market. Symphion's Information as a Service gathers intelligence on your print fleet or your Windows-based devices in such a way they can identify and audit the security settings of each device. We're able to deliver that information in a concierge style to the appropriate parties so they can take their cybersecurity plan to a whole nother level. For more information, give us a call today at 214-522-4000 or visit us on the web at Symphion.com. That's S-Y-M-P-H-I-O-N.com. Symphion, the unparalleled value of innovation in action. In recent months, some have lost faith and trust in those who protect us. Frustration has blurred our vision, but we've faced challenges before. Operation Blue Shield is a new movement to help communities have productive conversations directly with law enforcement and first responders to listen and heal. I'm all in. I'm all in. We're all in. Stand united with us at OperationBlueShield.com. This time, it's for all of us. Welcome back to our Let's Talk More podcast series. This is Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk? And we're doing a very special podcast today, just really focusing on Hillary Clinton. You know, one reason I do these podcasts is because my radio show is only two hours a week, which is really, really short when there's so many important things going on. And a lot of times I'll say, oh my gosh, someday I have to really do a show or dedicate a whole hour to something. And it's hard to do that on radio because there are so many things to talk about. So I'm just so grateful to have this podcast series and grateful today that we can be really focusing on Hillary Clinton. And again, the reason I want to do this is I am just, I can feel it and I know it. Part of the theme of the Democrat uh, pre, you know, campaign season this year leading to the 2016 elections will be Hillary Clinton is a victim of mistreatment. She's a victim. She's been just 
wrongly maligned, so we just talked for two segments, just running through some of the scandals. There are something in the range of over 30 scandals. I think we covered maybe eight or 10. But these scandals have followed Hillary her whole life. And I want to get to, you know, um, Bill Clinton talked at the DNC convention urging Americans to find the real Hillary. He talked about, don't just accept what the Republicans say. Don't just accept you know, what you hear out of the GOP. Here's the real Hillary. So he tried to paint a picture about their marriage. And that's what I'm going to talk about in this segment. But to kind of close out the last two segments, what those scandals show about Hillary, starting with the one involving her as a 27-year-old lawyer, I mean, you're fresh out of law school. Usually, you know, the, that's the time you're just, you're, you shouldn't be yet uh, jaded or tarnished. You should be, you know, it just, I mean, I, I'm a lawyer too. I love the Constitution. I love the right of constitutional rights for everyone. I love the idea of the rule of law. These kind of things should have been at the core of her thinking. But when she went off to the Watergate hearing, the Watergate, and she could work for the Judiciary Committee, went out of her way to try to tube, to try to crush a political enemy instead of following the rule of law. And as you look, the, the common themes running through the numerous scandals, there is absolute intolerance for anyone who dares to criticize Hillary. Abs the FBI files, we're going to find everybody and we're going to get files on them if they dare criticize Bill Clinton. They dare be a former, uh, you know, political enemy or, or political opponent. This isn't just there's a ruthlessness about Hillary Clinton. There's an arrogance. There is a, I am the ruling class and don't you dare cross me. There are just so many character traits that scream out at us when you actually look at Hillary Clinton's life. Is I'm above the law. I'm above criticism. And I get to play the game with my own rules. I get to make 100000 in nine months with a $1,000 investment in cattle futures. There is a, and you know what? We haven't even touched on the Clinton Foundation. That whole Clinton Foundation thing is going to, I think, be the subject of some upcoming WikiLeaks email dump from, we'll soon discover more about what the Clinton Foundation was really up to. But that one, all by itself, willingness to sell access to power as Secretary of State, willingness to take money from countries that treat women like property. I'm the woman who says she cares about women, except, of course, if they live in a country with that gives these women's no, new women no rights at all, but, but she wants the money from the country, then in that case, it's okay. These are just, these are character traits that we wouldn't, shouldn't want in a, you know, kindergarten teacher let alone the president of the United States. But the last thing I want to turn to, and this is something I've touched on the show before, but it was really, it was, it was like that, I mentioned earlier, earlier, going to a Jason Bourne movie, and you get sucked in by the story, and when you're in the middle of the movie, it's so real, and it's so cool, and Jason Bourne's going to save us all, and he's just the greatest, you know, tough guy. And then you walk out, and you, uh, oh yeah, okay, reality check, Jason Bourne doesn't exist. The entire thing was a myth. Fun, but a myth. And that's exactly the same feeling I had listening to Bill Clinton talk about Hillary in his uh, presentation just uh, the other night at the DNC convention. What he really tried to do 
was paint a tender, loving picture of him as a doting husband, her as an adoring wife, a happy marriage that he's just so proud of her and grateful for her. And they have had this loving marriage since who knows when, and since 1975 when they got married. But you know, a lot of you know different stories about the Hillary, uh, that the Bill Clinton extramarital affairs. And honestly, there are so many to cover that we can't cover them. But I want to say, just mention a couple of them, not just because they happened, but Hillary's response, Hillary's reaction to the women, how she treated women she claims to care so much for. And I'll just mention a few. So Hillary Clinton was married to Bill in 1975. And actually, there were stories during the time they were engaged that Hillary discovered he had an affair. Now, I'm telling you, I don't know any women, I mean, zero, who would go ahead and get married to someone when they're engaged and they discover he's been having flings. I, I don't know any women who would do that. But she went ahead and married him. He said, I really realize where I'm sorry. So she marries him in 1975. So... Before long, we have Jennifer Flowers, 1977. Jennifer Flowers was involved in a long-term relationship with Bill Clinton, according to her story, when he was governor. Jennifer Flowers was a, um, she was a model and actress. She claimed to have a sexual relationship with him um, prior to his presidency. She had, you know, she's a, she, she's a, she had posed nude. She's, you know, she's probably not someone you'd hold up as a, an icon of society, but she met Bill Clinton in 1977. So they've been married. She, he'd been married to Hillary two years. She was working as a news reporter for, uh, for a TV station in Little Rock and court testimony. She claimed that shortly after they met, she and Bill had a, a sexual relationship that lasted for 12 years. Okay, so Jennifer Flowers uh, is one. Juanita Broderick, 1978 actually did not just claim to have a voluntary relationship with him. It wasn't voluntary at all. She was an Arkansas nursing home operator. She told NBC uh, Lisa Myers um, that she was raped by Bill Clinton. So this is Juanita Broderick, 1978, never changed her story, said she was forcibly raped by him, said he bit her lip in the middle of his passion, and she had she uh, had a swollen lip and, a, and was bleeding. Uh, there is Carolyn Moffat, 1979. Carolyn Moffat was another person that Bill Clinton had apparently come on to and was um, not happy with his advances. She was a legal secretary in 1979. She met then Bill Clinton at a political fundraiser. She was shortly after that uh, invited to meet the governor in his hotel room. She was escorted there by a state trooper. When she went in, she found Bill Clinton, the president, sitting on a couch wearing only an undershirt and I'll leave the picture there, what he did, and she got away. So this is this is now Carolyn Moffat, 1979. Uh, then we have, I mean, the list goes on and on. There are so many, you literally, I mean, there are dozens of these cases. And the reason I raise these is this. Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton don't have a marriage like any sane person thinks marriage is. And so, okay, we can deal with that reality. I wouldn't have that marriage but what the Clintons tried to do at the, at the Democrat National Convention was paint a false, rosy, homey, sweet picture of him falling in love with her and, and wanting to get to know her and talking to her in the law library and trying to get her to marry him. And she's the greatest person on earth. And their entire marriage is a sham. 
It's not a marriage. It's a contract. It's, I'll tell you something else. It kind of weaves into Hillary's character. It does weave in. Remember we talked about in the last segment about how the IRS under Bill Clinton's presidency targeted his enemies. Among the people on the Bill Clinton list to target, Jennifer Flowers. Another one of his, uh, I didn't get a chance to tell you her story, Liz Ward Grayson, another sexual assault victim of Bill Clinton. Paula Jones, Juanita Broderick were targeted by the IRS under Bill Clinton's presidency because they dared to speak up. This is a, a, this, if you need, if you don't see in this picture, the character flaw, not just in Bill Clinton, who's apparently unable to be monogamous, but in Hillary Clinton, who not only tolerates it, but she aligns with him. She works with him to shut these women up. The most recent one, or one of the more recent compelling stories, Kathleen Willey wrote a book in 2007, Target, Caught in the Crosshairs of Bill and Hillary Clinton, talked about his 20 years of alleged and admitted extramarital relationships. And in spite of all that, when Hillary Clinton gets in front of the Monica, in the, the press, the Monica Lewinsky affair, wouldn't even talk about that one, 1998, she said, oh, absolutely, I believe these allegations are false. This is 1998, after literally n- numerous dozens of extramarital affairs Bill Clinton has had before that time. So I get to say, Hillary Clinton is not the one accused of adultery, but she stays married in a farce of a marriage to a man who is never loyal to her and has never been loyal to her. And the last thing I'll say is Hillary Clinton decided it was more important to hold on to power and her ability to seek power, to stay married to him, than she did to stand up for women. And the last thing I'll say, because we're closing out this podcast, is this. This is a woman whose DNC convention was all about, I'm a woman, I'm a woman, I'm a woman. And you know what? That's not enough. That is not a qualifying characteristic to be Democrat president or to be a president of the United States of America. This is Debbie George Asna, America Can We Talk. Come back to our podcast every week, Monday, 2 p.m. Tuned in to the Real News Communications Network, streaming 24 hours a day at realnewscn.com. I'm Jason Holsey, owner of Load Bearing Wall Pros. Your home is your biggest single investment. Why let two bucks in a truck guess on what structural members need to be installed in your attic or ceiling? Leave that work to the Load Bearing Wall Pros. If you're like everyone else and you don't know where to turn to have this wall taken down, look no further. Load Bearing Wall Pros are here at your service. We remove load bearing walls to open up floor plans. Visit us at loadbearingwall.com. That's loadbearingwall.com. Are you a property owner or manager in a commercial building with a flat or slightly sloped roof? Hey, Dave Custable here with Trivan Roofing. Texas heat is brutal on roofs. What is the condition of your roof? Your roof is your first line of defense. Does your roof reflect or absorb the Texas sun? Is your roof cracked, split, or shrinking away from the edges? If you don't know, call Trivan Roofing for a complete roof analysis. We will inspect, photograph, and discuss our findings with you free of charge. Need a roof replacement? Partner with Trivan Roofing and enjoy the benefits of Duralast Roof System. Duralast has been custom fabricating single-ply roof systems for over 35 years. Duralast white material reflects heat, resists cooking grease, is Class A fire retardant, and Class 4 hail impact resistant. All comes with a 15-year material and labor warranty with consequential damage coverage included. Call Drive-In Roofing now at 817-891-7313, 817-891-7313, or online at drivevanroofing.com. 
That's TryVanRoofing.com. Everyone hates a dirty house, but who wants to spend Saturdays cleaning? There's the vacuuming, the dusting, the mopping floors, scrubbing the toilets, cleaning the showers, and who even has the time to clean the ceiling fans or wash the baseboards? And if the kids have a game, well, there goes the weekend. That's why I use Buckets and Bows Maid Service. I love my busy life and my clean home. The mall sure is busy today. Okay, what's on my list? Birthday present for Bev, stop at the electronics store, and then grab a quick bite. Hmm, did that guy leave his shopping bag? Looks like there's a package inside, covered in duct tape. Did he leave it on purpose? That can't be right. Excuse me, security? I just noticed that there's a shopping We bag. all play a role in keeping our communities safe. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. If you see something, say something is used with permission by the New York MTA. Be part of the movement that is standing up to cancer and get the new Stand Up to Cancer app for iPhone. Visit the App Store or download by texting STAND to 31826 and tell the world who you stand up for. Message and data rates may apply. You're listening to RNCN, the number one source for premium talk radio.